Alright, welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Reconsider. I am your host, Harrison Fagan. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mia Agraviador. And today, we are going to watch Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, to finish out the, not just the Skywalker saga, but our entire watch-through of all of these movies. Uh, and, you know, we saw this movie in theaters a couple weeks ago. This is not, as is the norm for this podcast, a childhood favorite movie, which is normally what we do here. But, you know, we had already watched through the entire saga. We're going to conclude it out. Um, You're going out with a bang, but actually, in reality more of a fizzle (laughs) yeah this is normally where i ask you what do you remember about this movie but i feel like we both remember it pretty distinctly because we saw it like most recently two weeks ago for the first time i'm excited to watch it again i'm not and see you know what did i miss what do i kind of see coming a little bit more on the second watch what makes more sense when we came out of the theaters you told me that you enjoyed the movie and i was in full horror on what i just watched well that's just because you just watch whatever critics say no no and no no, no 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 i i incapable of independent thought oh my god okay well rise of skywalker is the final movie in the skywalker saga but again we're still be getting we're still going to be getting spinoffs and who knows honestly no yeah, this... nothing this is not gonna end they did not give ray a yellow lightsaber whoa at the end of this harrison one. whoa I'm just saying, people have watched Jeez. the movie nobody's listening to this podcast that hasn't watched the movie yet <laughs> they did not give her a new lightsaber at the beginning at the end of this movie to not have some kind of star wars movie with it with harrison, them in it in the future whoa, save it for the other half i'm just saying dang um what did you remember liking about this movie so this this movie is weird, and I, this is why I want to rewatch it. But I felt like I really liked a lot of the stuff in the moment. It was new Star Wars. It was exciting. There were funny moments. There were cool action scenes. You know, it was new exposition and lore for a universe that I'm really in love with, and that has defined a lot of my like young adult and uh, like honestly adult life. <laughs> um, and then I kept thinking more about it and i was like wow that movie made no sense at all um it just felt really rushed and it felt like it was jj abrams trying to cram his episode eight and episode nine into just episode nine and while taking a giant poop on the last jedi yes and we'll get into all of that in specific ways that he does that but to me i feel like it to me, it reminded me a lot of the final season of Game of Thrones where, like, some of the places where they ended up, I could have gotten behind if there had been more setup and more time to kind of naturally navigate these characters towards these things. Whereas this almost felt like they gave a bunch of Redditors a box of Star Wars action figures and told them to write a movie. They're like, um, ah, they cracked their knuckles and they're like, let's get in on it. <laughs> they're like, it just, there were so many things that it just feels like should have been caught in editing or should have been like, hey, like that kind of doesn't get answered at all. That contradicts this other thing or why is that scene in the movie? Yeah. That's just lazy screenwriting. (laughs) Yeah. So I I feel like there are a lot of genuine criticism of this movie. I also feel like I'm not going to be the guy that goes super hard on it for like, you know, not always making sense because honestly if you really want to dig into it a lot of star wars doesn't make sense (laughs) and there's a lot of plot holes and there's a lot of things that you could argue with and quibble with as we as we have throughout the course of this podcast so just as a way to kind of set up this second half i'm going into it with a very open mind of like 
okay, here's what I liked, here's what I didn't like, whereas Mia is like, let me watch things that I hated so that I can confirm how much I hated them. Yes! That's how I like to watch movies. <laughs> so that's what is awaiting you on the other half once we go rewatch this movie. Yeah. And Probably turn your volume down once you listen to this, this second Just for half. Mia's shrill, complaining voice. <laughs> All right, let's go watch this mess. <laughs> Beautiful mess. No. All right, and we are back. We just watched Rise of Skywalker for the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9, the conclusion of the Skywalker saga for the second time in theaters. We paid to go see that movie again uh, because my screener expired, so whoops. <laughs> um, but we we went and watched that movie. I think Mia and I both have a lot of thoughts, but before we do that, as always, we're going to jump into our 60-second summary of the movie as a quick refresher for those of you who did not just watch it. So Mia is going to handle that today. I did warn her about it this time beforehand, unlike a lot of the times where I don't warn her and where she definitely does not warn me. <laughs> um, Mia, go ahead and uh, take us away. Okay, the dead speak. So Palpatine is alive, and uh, Kylo Ren is finding this little triangle thing, and he finds it, and it takes him to Palpatine, and he's like, surprise, Palpatine has been pulling the strings of the First Order the entire time. Hey, you need to go kill Rey. And he's like, cool, my girlfriend, I gotta go kill her. So we go back. And um, so Rey is doing Jedi training, and they need to go find this specific person that knows where the other triangle thing is, and they go to this desert, and there's a big party, and then they find the thing, uh, the the person, and he's dead, but Lando's there, and then... um, so they find they 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 have to find where the triangle is because it's encrypted into a uh, a knife and then they go find it. It's where the Death Star is or was. I don't know. And it's in the ocean. And then Ray goes and finds it. And then then she finds that she is actually surprised Palpatine's granddaughter. Who would have thought? And so BB then- Palp Palpatine <laughs> had sex. That's canon. Oh, also Palpatine has just raised a giant amount of ships up in the air, and he's like, "Haha, we're all gonna kill everyone." And uh, that's my been my plan. The entire time so then they find out the resistance finds out and then ray and poe and finn all fight the ships and shit like that and ray tries to kill palpatine but she can't because if she does then all the sith goes to her and so then uh, bendemption happens and then they <laughs> they both die at, at some point one of them lives it's ray surprise and then they all beat the first order slash the sith slash whatever whatever it was Okay, you went over time, but can you please summarize the final scene just real quick so that people get it? What final scene? She's Ray, but Ray who? She's Ray, Ray, Ray Palpatine. But then at the end, she says, "I'm Ray Skywalker because I don't like my family name." Because fan service reasons. Yes. <laughs> That's basically it. That's yeah. Basically the la- you thought the last Skywalker was dead? Nope. Pa- Ray just changed her name. Yeah. Why? Because she saw Ghost, and that's it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so overall, I think also Ben Demption, when Mia talks about that, is for those of you that did not watch the movie but are <laughs> listening to this podcast anyway, which seems like maybe one person, uh-huh. uh, that is Kylo Ren coming back from the dark side and uh, becoming good again and becoming Ben Solo and uh, having Han Solo's swagger mixed into a Jedi's body. Um, okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Let's talk so about what we let's, liked. Let's talk about what we liked from the movie. 
I think I probably liked more about this movie than you did, so I am going to turn things back over to you and let you kick off with what you liked about this movie, and then before we get into the negative stuff. But let's just talk about the positive first, because uh, on second watch, honestly, I liked this movie more than I did watching it the first time, and there were some things that I think made a little bit more sense on rewatch, um, or maybe this is just the fanboy in me talking myself into it. But as a non-fanboy, I will tell you what I did. As a fangirl. As a non-fan person. Non-gender specific fan person. All right. Exactly. Um, Wow. What did I like? I like that it ended. (laughs) No. um, I think Ray's kind of journey through this movie was a little bit interesting. You see how powerful she is. And I think that's, and she's kind of really trying to figure out who she is again that's been her whole arc this entire series and she finally finds out who she is and i think it's an interesting turn to see her kind of try not to accept who she is and who instead of and so she's not she's not trying to accept who she is but she's accepting who she has become despite having the palpatine you know what i mean um i think the lightsaber battle between her and uh Ben or Kylo Ren, it doesn't it goes back and forth to this yes. movie. Um, I think that was pretty interesting. It was very like that was set. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but set piece wise, that, that was, was one really of the cooler lightsaber fights of the series. Just the water going off around them and it kind the of, different force powers at play and like how just like a lot of the so like I think the original trilogy lightsaber fights are defined by very stiff movements and you know like they clearly had not mastered fight choreography yet it's one of the weaker parts of that series having watched what people can do now and the prequels were defined by olympic level gymnast jedi who just basically kick flipped around constantly (laughs) and whatever whereas this one almost kind of met in the middle of those two things i felt like and the the fights were still slick but they were also a little bit more toned down from where the prequels were as far as gymnastics i think because it was such an emotional fight yeah they felt heavy almost it felt like they were fighting with broad swords there was weight to it there was like it looked like it was a struggle and it was tiring and it was like um pissed yeah and they were just angry at each other and it was just light versus dark just smashing into each other constantly by the end there's almost this sense of like we are just going to keep doing this until one of us goes down, and then that's kind of what happens. So, yeah, I, I I could not agree more. That fight was awesome. Um, yeah, I think it was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly... Oh, 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 and the, the uh, introduction of the greatest Star Wars character into this series, <laughs> besides the Porgs and uh, BB-8, was this little tiny ape like primate primate kind of yeah babu freak babu freak everybody's favorite hey hey so it's he's this tiny little thing that does like they go to some planet god they go to so many planets it's just i don't even sure and (laughs) bless you (laughs) r.i.p no seriously they blew it up yeah i know um they go to to go to him because they have to rewire c3po um so he could re and i'll get into that later but um he has to read some sith uh, translation and he can't do it because he, uh, again it's what did a, you like about babu freak i know i'm trying to explain i'm getting to babu people freak. know who he is everyone just watched this movie i think that we can cut down on the exposition okay a okay bit. i 
don't know, but the way he talked, I mean, he was speaking in his language and then he spoke a little English. I mean, probably later down the line, we'll find this is kind of a racist thing, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I, I didn't find this one as blatantly offensive because he wasn't doing a, like an exact caricature stereotype that I could pick out. He was just kind of like blurting things out in like a baby-like way almost. Yeah, and, uh, he's like, just adorable. Yeah, he was he was cute and he was screaming and he was excited and like his he was very clearly there as a comedic relief character, but his timing work, was work, killer. Yes, on work like with me. a lot of these on a lot of his lines he was very much one of the highlights of the movies he kind of stole every scene he was in yes which is I, only like two so but I want, he was very enjoyable i want a full two season uh spin-off series of just him fixing droids oh don't worry disney plus is disney plus is listening probably gonna writing give us, it down <laughs> yeah there I, I that was one thing about this movie it did feel very much like it was trying to kind of shamelessly set up spinoffs um yeah in some ways like but uh, let, let's stick with the good stuff um was there anything else that you liked about this movie so i agree with most of what you said um i would say that the one thing that uh, there were a couple things that i think i enjoyed more in retrospect or not in retrospect but upon second viewing of the movie where i was just able to kind of like I was critically analyzing them, but it wasn't the first time. So, like, it, it kind of... I had seen what had happened before. And um, I thought that, uh, like, the Leia stuff, honestly... So, it wasn't all good. Because they. it was very clearly... It, my first watch, I was very jarred by the fact that you could tell that she was not really there. And that her lines, it was like, it would go... Here was the template for it. Ray would say something... And then it would cut back to Leia, who would say something very vague that technically made sense yeah, in the yeah. moment. Um, I feel like the, the script just kind of had to like work around what she was saying. Yeah, and apparently, so I was reading up on this before we started. This was all done with dialogue from basically like one unused scene of her talking to an aide oh in um, in Force Awakens. Oh my so god. So they have like different takes of it and whatever. And I'm sure that they used like different voice clips and stuff in the scenes where you don't see her face, like where they cut stuff together or whatever but like the scenes where you actually see her talking are like it like maybe one deleted scene from um from the force awakens they didn't even use last jedi footage i don't know if there just was no unused last jedi footage that worked or if jj abrams just i mean he clearly hated the last jedi and maybe he just hated it so much he's like that i he didn't want to use movie. yeah um so but like i upon watching it again i I'm glad that they didn't just kill her off off screen. She was such an important and integral character to the series. And, uh, like, just in turn, just to, like, movies and sci-fi in general. Like, such an iconic character and someone who, like, one of the first really, like, I, I think empowered women we saw in, like, a major Star Wars movie. It just would have felt wrong to kill her off off screen. I still kind of maintain that they potentially should have killed her off in The Last Jedi once, like, they found out that she died after they were done filming in that original scene where Kylo Ren, or when one of the troopers kills her. But that also would have somewhat lacked weight because her and Kylo wouldn't have really gotten a resolution. Yeah. Where in this movie, they at least kind of, like, her last act, she dies to basically stop Ben from killing Ray and sort of give him a chance to redeem himself. And, like, th just the way that they had her actual daughter in the scenes, like, helping her towards the bed. Like, literally the last time we see her walking around on screen is her real-life daughter walking, like, a body double off of the, uh, like, off screen 
to go and save her son and whatever. And I and I just felt like I'm just in red. Like it wasn't perfect, but I'm glad that they still gave her a send off and still gave her a role in this movie because I think if they would have gone the other way, it just would have felt like something was missing and it would have felt tonally off to have her die off screen. So while again, like especially oh, so her on screen wasn't tonally off. <laughs> it was. It was a little off, but if you're not paying that much attention, and I tried to pay less attention to it this movie, it still kind of works. And, like, the only thing that felt forced was when she says, like, never underestimate a droid, and they try to turn that into a catchphrase. One of many, like, little catchphrase things of this movie. So this movie, like, the original trilogy gave us, um, the original trilogy gave us, I love you, I know, I've got a bad feeling about this, never tell me the odds, and this one gave us they fly now and never underestimate a droid. It's and, just and just this, Ray. Yeah. Like and <laughs> yeah, and just Finn screaming Ray. Like this movie clearly tried to turn things into catchphrases that just were not as strong as the originals and it just it felt like they were trying too hard to have their own versions of those lines like to take a throwaway line of dialogue from one of her scenes and turn it into like like Ray's like, oh, this is some great wisdom. Never underestimate a droid. Like, I, I that part of it felt forced to me, but I'm glad that they did not kill her off, um, off screen. Like in retrospect, I also like some of the fan service moments on first watch kind of bothered me a little bit because they felt a little forced. But on second watch, they didn't really. Like they what? kind of Which set ones? it up. So like the the one at the end when all of the Jedi are talking to her. Like on first watch, I was like. Like, what? Like, this is kind of all coming now, and, like, this is very clearly, like, they're just trying to show, like, hey, touch him back on all eight movies before this type yeah, thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, actually, when you watch it again, and this isn't something that I picked up on first watch, so maybe that's my fault, but there, when Ray in her first scene when she's meditating, she's asking the, she's saying, be with me, be with me, be with me, and you don't really know who she's talking to, but then that comes back into play at the end of the movie. She's saying that as she's on the ground, and finally, all the Jedi from the past do come to her, and it is this kind of movie-long arc where she was trying to communicate with past Jedi and, like, gain their wisdom and strength and whatever and so like that part of it felt less forced to me the han solo thing like as far as fan service like at first i was like okay that doesn't make sense he's not a force user how would he come back as a force ghost but they kind of do make it clear through dialogue that he's just a memory and like while it was a little heavy-handed it still was cool to have him back for the last movie especially since we didn't really get leia um and you know, like, the Luke coming back as a Force ghost did feel like a coming full circle where he's acknowledging that he was wrong to go into exile and just run away from his problems, even though, like, it felt natural for his character to do that after he had failed himself. But also, like, when any of us run away from our problems, we have to acknowledge that we were, like, wrong to do that and go back and fix it. And Luke kind of did that at the end of The Last Jedi, and again here tries to tell Rey when she tries to follow the same path and put he's herself like, no, into exile. He's that. like, no, that you can't run away from your problems here. You have to go do this. And then for his last scene to be him lifting the X-Wing out yeah, of the thing cool. seamlessly, the thing that he struggled to do as, a, as you know, a Jedi trainee, as a Padawan of Yoda, well, I don't know, that just felt kind of cool. Yeah, um, I was waiting for, like, maybe, like, Force Yoda, Force 
Yeah, I kept expecting to see like Yoda off screen. Like it turned out he did it again the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, we only heard his voice in this movie, and I I don't know. It was just cool to get tied back to like Anakin and Obi Wan and Mace Windu and Ahsoka Tano and yeah, I guess. But I just Yoda and all these people that they just went back through. I feel Qui Gon even. Yeah, Qui Gon was in there too. I just feel like it was rushed. Honestly, like if it would have been kind of like hinted in the last jedi i feel like this is just kind of for me a lot of the stuff did feel like fan service and it was just like let's shove as many references as we and can. that's the thing is i am very much like a fan and so i'm gonna be more forgiving on this stuff because they are deliberately deliberately servicing that to me so of course yeah, i like it of course you know what i mean so this is a nice veggie dog for you yeah basically sure because you like veggie dogs i know okay anyways um yeah, I, I think with the fan service, you have to be careful and not put it in just just for the fan service itself. It has to kind of weave into the story just so it doesn't feel forced. And I feel like this movie, a lot of the times, was just, just force-feeding you. <laughs> force-feeding you. <laughs> <laughs> this like, hey, remember this? Oh, hey, we're going to throw this in here. Does it make sense? No, just here, 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 you know? Yeah. Like, like our movie, please. We just, we did it all for you. Here, 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 here. And I think that it was way too much in this movie. It, it was very jumbled. I want to get to that one last positive thing that I just remembered that I did want to mention. I thought that Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver with some, like, I would say flawed material did the absolute best that they could to elevate it. And I thought that their performances were incredibly strong. Carrie Russell, I enjoyed in like her role, but I also love Carrie Russell and everything, so I might be biased. She there. was fun. She was yeah. a fun character, which I I wish they would have just gone into a little bit more and yeah. had more screen time because she seemed so cool. I wanted to know why she was dressed like. Oh, don't that. worry. I'm sure we'll probably get a Disney Plus series with her. We're gonna get a Disney Plus series with everyone. Yeah, pretty. Don't much. worry, everyone. Everyone. Everybody. You get a Disney Plus series, and you get a Disney Plus series. <laughs> um. But yes, let's get into the convolutedness of the plot and what th- this material that Driver and Ridley were having to elevate. So I want to go through um, the kind of the driving force of this narrative that really is kind of ridiculous when you just read it out loud. So, go for it. Go for it. All right. So they need a wayfinder, but they find a dagger that they ne- then need to hack C-3PO because he can translate it, but he's not allowed to tell them what it says. So then they have to take C-3PO to a planet to get the translation after they lose the dagger because he remembers it but still can't tell them. They take it there. Um, he loses his memory. Yeah, he loses his memory, but they get the translation that they need. But then when they go to go rescue Chewbacca, who it turns out, fake out, he wasn't actually dead um and i actually i want to give the filmmakers credit there were actually two ships in that scene when they initially take chewbacca off so like the whole like it felt like a rope dope on first watch but watching again they did actually show that there were two ships there so yeah. like you know the although it is a little tonally off that like ray could feel that he was alive when he came back into the system but apparently could not could feel not that he feel was alive like, yeah when Maybe she had thought that she had killed him yeah i don't know that was very weird um and like inconsistent 
force usage. But um, so then they go to go rescue Chewbacca, and Ray then has a feeling that they need this dagger anyway, even though they have the information off of it. Why do they need the dagger? Who knows? She just has a feeling through the force. Uh, <laughs> then they she gets the dagger back. They they end up going to the planet where C three PO told them to go, where the remains of the Death Star is. They are apparently standing exactly right at the spot where Ray needs to find the secret compartment in the dagger that makes an extension that then when you look through it it points to an exa- it fits as a puzzle piece into this broken part of the death star that apparently they knew exactly how it was going to break apart and points exactly to where this thing is that she needs she, so she goes in there she finds it in a dark side force case drops it while battling a hallucination of herself with shark teeth and <laughs> kylo then ren then grabs it and destroys it she then takes his ship to the planet luke is at burns his ship alive miraculously the sith wayfinder is still intact so that she can put it in the x-wing and lead the resistance to exegol uh after luke easily lifts the thing out of the swamp and then she shows the resistance the way there it's just like it is. There's so many different little artifacts that she needs. That, that, that it's just. I, what is this? Uncharted? Like what? Yeah. God. Yeah, it just it felt like a bunch of fetch quests all combined into one. It's, it's like, like oh, wait, there's too many MacGuffins. Obviously, you, yeah, you obviously need something driving the narrative forward. I just felt like what they picked. Like it was so dumb. It was too many things. It just felt very convoluted, and it just felt very helter skelter in the execution of it. We're like, oh, we need this. Oh, but we need this. Oh, but we need this. But we need this to get this. But we need this to get like, this. The to Star get this. Wars movies have not traditionally been defined by, and that, that's not to say that you can't do something different. But it just felt like it didn't feel Star Wars, and the fact that they were constantly chasing after this one little thing. Usually, these movies have like one thing and, or two things yeah. that they're chasing after the and entire movie. And you have movie. obstacles in between. Yeah. Not like, oh, you gotta go on a side quest over here, you gotta go over here. New side quest, new side quest, new side quest. Yeah. And it just felt a little bit... Jumbled. Yeah. I got whiplash just yes. thinking about like, wait, what the fuck felt, are we looking for now? I felt like now? we were light sk- speed skipping, which apparently... So, J.J. Oh, oh, Abrams, oh, 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 he's, got some, he's got some problems with the Holdo maneuver, which they allude to in the script when the guy says, oh, let's do some Holdo maneuvers, let's take them out. Like, And then they, they're just like, that's a one in a million shot, it would never work. But then apparently... You know, ships can just light speed skip inside planets, which oh, is and not then supposed they to never be- do it again. Yeah, they never do it again. They've never done it before. Apparently, Poe is the first one to ever figure out how to do and this. And they ask him. They're like, how do you know how to do this? And then he just never answers. But, like, the whole thing with light speed is you're not supposed to be able to go directly into planets because of complications with the atmosphere and with uh, gravity wells. Like, it just wouldn't work. And for the, him to then do it, like, four times in succession and have nothing bad happen other than the Falcon catches on fire a little bit and then is fine. I, um, there was no need for that. It's just weird that Abram, like, what Abram abrams took issue with from the last jedi and that's also something that we should address is like his dialogue and script writing middle finger to the last movie made them feel a little bit more disconnected than you would ideally want a trilogy to feel like it it felt like two people arguing through films no i know i know star wars and ryan johnson's like but i just did a star wars movie and then he's like no fuck you this is my star wars movie 
like the whole thing with the Knights of Ren, where he just shoved them in there. Yeah. He's like, this is the thing I made. We didn't go, but we didn't he's go like, into it. He's like, so apparently, I, I read an interview with Ryan Johnson where he was talking about, and it was from um, actually right after The Last Jedi came out, where they said, why did you go with Snoke's guards for that scene instead of the Knights of Ren for them to fight? Like, wouldn't it, like, was there a consideration of using those guys? And he said, no, because it would have felt weird for Kylo to basically turn on his followers that quickly and just kill them without really thinking about it. J.J. Abrams was like, uh, uh, uh. hold my lightsaber in your back knights of ren oh my god i know and the thing is that's literally exactly what they did in this movie and that's not to say that two filmmakers can't have different views on something but it's just it illustrates like it how, shows how people think that they own star wars i mean i think ryan johnson had a point it's like he's not going to turn on his friends that quickly it would have felt like weird for him to turn to just kill these people that he had worked closely with over this girl that he had just met. It was one thing for Snoke, who he clearly had animosity and differences with. Yeah. But, like, the Knights of Ren, they hadn't really explored at that point. Like, and they still really didn't in this movie. They were just kind of the people that followed the him squad. around until Kylo killed them because there's they were literally standing an in his way. There's an exposition line, I think, said by the Stormtrooper. He's like, ah, oh, look, it's the Knights of Ren. It's like, oh, no shit, we didn't know that. I mean, I guess we didn't because it was never really spoken to about. Um yeah. Another issue, I think, is that this movie does not take risks at all. At least with The Last Jedi, there was some risk taking and there was things that were different. And I like that. But this is just, this is just. What was too safe, safe about it? It was too safe. Well, at first, when they first show that Chewie died, I was like, damn, that's. That's cold, but you know that, that hurt happens in the moment. In watching the moment. it the first time when I didn't know that he was going to be back. Yeah, for but sure. then surprise, he didn't die, and I'm just like, okay, what was the point of that? And then the, also the part where C3PO loses all of his memories, and and you know you've been with this character since the very beginning. He has this huge history, and that's completely erased, and he's just like that. That kind of like a loss as well too yeah even and, though it did lead to some funny moments and i do want to say as far as the good things i thought c3po was hilarious in this movie yeah this is and, the only time i've ever liked him <laughs> yeah he was like there were that scene where he's like uh he's giving them exposition on that festival and they all just turn around like dude like yeah this like is not this is not what we're here for and they're all staring at him and he turns and around he too. just turns he turns around to see if there's anything behind him when he calls babu freak his oldest friend yes when he's lost his memory i like, think i like the dynamic between Poe and 3PO because Poe just does not like him. Yeah, Poe almost took the Han Solo hating C-3PO thing. To it it, it kind of gave you that vibe back even That's without true. Han Solo and that was kind of fun. Yeah, um, he's all he's all just asking like, do we know how to turn his volume down? Like, I didn't ask you for this. He you felt like he felt like an extension of Han Solo in those moments, I'm which okay I think is that. what he was always supposed to be. Sort of. And yeah. that's... A whole, mm. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, no. Continue um, on. What was well, I going to say? too safe and so with 3po kind of losing all of his memory i think it would be interesting to see how he has to maneuver throughout the rest of the movie without knowing anyone but surprise he gets his memory back so it doesn't that didn't even even matter no one really suffers consequences exactly in this movie and for I, anything that happens other than kylo at the end dying but well, even he, that even that he died and then ray was like i'm gonna force heal you and it's like okay he should have just died there. No, 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 not there. No, that would have felt, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have agreed with that at that point. It, the way that they were writing this movie, I'm talking about at the end when he actually dies. Oh. Like he does 
die but that was also just in service of like he got to die in the same way darth vader got to die after being redeemed and then going to force heaven um and it was like he kind of had to because even if they were vouching for him like it's not like the resistance was just going to be like hey yeah this guy's with us now that's chill yeah like he definitely didn't kill like millions of people or yeah. help out with it like he kind of had to die and he was the only one on the good side by the end that really suffered very many consequences that wasn't like a bit character like like r.i.p snap wesley uh went down greg uh greg grunberg is i believe his name he um the the chubbier x-wing pilot from from that was in heroes um he died in that movie after being in like every single movie so far so r.i.p but yeah, yeah most most of the actual characters who mattered um are still alive. are still alive and just fine yeah um another thing is that I'll... some of the plot points just don't make sense i think there's such a... as such as why would you not have everyone come the resistance at the end when they're they put out the call it's like why would you even put out a call when in the last movie you tried to do that and nobody fucking listened to you <laughs> So that was a thing that also bothered me, and it goes back to the J.J. Abrams, like, middle finger to Ryan Johnson and Last Jedi thing. Like, it just felt like it it minimized Luke's sacrifice. Because the whole thing at the end of The Last Jedi, even if you didn't like The Last Jedi, you have to respect that the character choice that they made for him in that movie was he literally died to give the galaxy hope again. Yeah. And we show up in this movie... And it seems like nothing's changed. They're talking about how they don't have allies, how nothing has really changed, even though, like, they're going on missions again, they're doing whatever, but they do seem to very much have their backs against the wall still, even though they're a little bit safer than they were in The Last Jedi, obviously. Um, and a little bit stronger and regrouped and whatever, but, like, so the First Order is also huge and imposing and is about to get these planet-killing Star Destroyers, so they Oh, because they came out of nowhere. Well, Palpatine had been building them on Exegol. That didn't bother me too much. Like, they, you But, like, know, how do you not no like don't it's, they it's in they, the unknown regions so like they all right that, that's an established part of star wars lore they are like expanded re because space is endless and there are reaches of space that are you even beyond like the mapped galaxy okay. like where they have where threats have come from in the past and i'm sure threats will continue to come from um so that did that part did not bother me um but it just going back to so luke died to give the galaxy hope and it just didn't feel like that worked and it felt like like that it ended up being like Lando rallied a bunch of troops to come there and help out on like this final push against Palpatine and his forces. And it just kind of made it feel like what Luke died for didn't matter. Like he died for no reason, basically, other than I guess to like help them escape while Kylo yeah, was, like, so although like theoretically matter. they probably could have done that anyway. Like watching, having just watched the last Jedi, they didn't really make it clear that like, I mean, they, Luke helped for sure, but they theoretically could have maybe escaped without him distracting Kylo for a little bit. And it just made his sacrifice feel less meaningful when the whole thing of that conclusion of that movie was, you know, little broom boy, like looking up to the stars and feeling like he's part of the resistance to emphasize that people are like, oh, like you can stand up to these people again. And that that mindset was starting to go. And it just felt like this movie cut that off. It also felt like, um, as far as the disjointedness of it, like, it, there was the whole, like, The Last Jedi, the premise of it and the argument of it was, it doesn't matter who you are, it matters what you do. Yeah. And then J.J. Abrams came in and he's like, except for that the only thing that matters is who you are, and Ray is a Palpatine. And yeah, and we had I, never I see seen that. 
any evidence of Palpatine having a family or anything. It was not set even up. Alive. In, even alive. Even <laughs> alive. Yeah, I mean, the alive part didn't bother me too much. That bothered me. He... I guess because he's a crafty little motherfucker. That... Well, also, he came back in the EU, too, so I had already, like, gone through a different version of this story. Okay, we're, so... we're looking through the eyes of someone who just... I know, but I'm just saying, like, for someone who is a dark side... Like, the most powerful dark side space wizard we've ever, we've ever seen, to come back and, like, bring himself back to life does not seem that outlandish in the world of Star Wars. Yeah. I... To me. <sighs> it was just, The like... only implication that you would see her maybe be a Palpatine is that one time and the one time only she uses the little lightning force thing. Yeah. And like, so they tried to kind of set that up and force that in, in this movie, but I feel like that's something that would have needed to be set up over the course of multiple things. And just to have her parents be a previously unknown child of Palpatine, like it just felt. Yeah. Like, shoehorned in. And it also felt like it was against that. Like, I know that you're trying to conclude the Skywalker saga and whatever. And, like, that's fine. You could have concluded the Skywalker saga without the message that the only thing that matters is your parentage that makes you powerful. And, sure, you can choose to go a different way and fight against who your family traditionally has been. But you cannot be powerful without having these powerful, like, ancestors and whatever. Like, no one just comes from nowhere was basically what J.J. Abrams' argument is. And it's like... Well, Finn, Finn, Finn does have force powers. I think we discovered throughout we'll, the course. Let's of this talk movie. about that later because okay. that pisses me off too. But yeah, this whole just shoehorning in Palpatine and having her be a descendant of Palpatine just—it it just doesn't make any sense. First of all, who did Palpatine have sex with to have a, a son? Okay, who was his? Son? Oh, you don't think you don't think Sheev Palpatine got it in? Yeah, that I don't dude know. was a sexual icon. In no, he the was New Republic. No, he wouldn't. You, you see those robes he wore in the prequels? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Ladies, if he comes in and he gives you this look, and it's like Palpatine with like the yellow eyes, like looking out at Anakin Skywalker while seducing him. Yeah, um, hold on. Let me just. Yeah, so I'm reading in this, um, article, um, by in Gizmodo. I can't. Uh, by it's just asking hold on i'm just gonna read this ray is 19 years old at the start of the force awakens which is 30 years is that canon established or is that just daisy ridley's age uh no i might be canon established okay um which is 30 years after the events of return of a jedi assuming her parents are rough estimate 25 or 30 years old when they leave her on jakku at another rough estimate age eight that would have that would have made Palpy doing the nasty a few years before the Battle of Yavin in A New Hope. <laughs> Not unrealistic. He uh, was an no, he was an super emperor. unrealistic. He was an emperor at the heat of at the at like the height of his power. I don't think that it's unrealistic that someone would have. I'm just trolling you. I mean, he's obviously not an attractive man, but no. he was I, a very powerful I don't man. Understand. Maybe, maybe which we've seen is sometimes the only thing that matters. Maybe. I, I, again, this movie really pushes the limit of, like, you interpreting and, like, trying to just fit the puzzle pieces together. Because 
J.J. Abrams just throws things out there and they're like, where's the explanation? I don't know. Maybe you should just think of it. I'm not the first person to say this, but it does feel like he tried to make his episode eight and nine, but just in the screen time of episode nine. It yeah. Just and he had to leave out a lot of things. Pushed together and like smushed in and a little bit too compacted because it was almost trying to be two movies at once and set up two movies worth of work for the conclusion in one movie. Yeah. This was a long ass movie. Yeah. So uh, did you have anything else or can we get into Finn? Sure, we can talk. We, the, the only thing about, the only other note on Palpatine that I had was, like, he basically, like, why would he tell her his plan? Like, she was just going to kill him anyway, and then it would have just worked, and it would have been fine. But he's like, ha, 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 strike me down, and I will go into your body and become you. And it, she, and then she, she's like, wait a second, hold on, I don't want to do that. And he's like, oh, but you will. And, like, like, why would he tell her that? It was kind of philosophically, it did tie back to the Return of the Jedi, where he's taunting the young last hope for the Jedi as they look on, as all of their new friends are in, like, a doomed assault on on some kind of space fleet with planet-killing capabilities. Um, and then the young hope for the Jedi ends up getting saved by a dark Sith, uh, like by a former Sith who they helped redeem. So, like, that part, it did feel tied back to Return of the Jedi in that way. It just, like, it didn't make, like, it didn't make sense. Why would he tell her that? Nothing in this movie makes sense. Um, anyway, uh yeah so I, I don't know i just like as i was watching this it, whole palpatine thing just doesn't make sense and it it and you know i think i saw on twitter that they had like an art the art of um the rise of skywalker mm-hmm. i think it was released in china early on uh i think a couple days before now it hasn't been released here but in china it is and people were looking through it and apparently none of the palpatine stuff is in there yeah, because I, I from what has been like kind of out there, that was like a late edition, and that was not a, definitely the original. So okay, let's talk about the original script then that Please, has leaked this week. Me. Because uh, and then we'll talk about the Finn stuff as well. But the original script was apparently my understanding it, from reading a few summaries of it because I did not read the entire script. Uh, I'm not that dedicated to this podcast. But really, <laughs> I did read several online summaries of it, and it seems like crux of that one would have dealt with the idea that Kylo Ren essentially at this point is irredeemable, which is another thing like that goes back to the last movie and would have felt more tonally in line with where the saga was going after The Last Jedi because Kylo Ren did have a chance to go and redeem himself in that movie. Yeah. He had a chance to take Rey's hand and go and join the Resistance and help them out, or, like, and call off the assault and, like, end things. And he didn't take it. He became the supreme leader, and he continued his assault on the Resistance. And he wanted and to kill Luke It's Skywalker. like, okay, there you go. That was your chance. You know? Yeah, that was your chance to come back and be good. at the point of no return and now. To to be fair, like, the, this movie, Leia literally died to bring him back from the bad side. So, like, that kind of worked, but I also felt it's like it would have... kind of an ex It would have felt more... Like, why wouldn't she have done that? before why did she wait until literally right now to do that you know what i mean yeah um if she knew that she could do that Mm -hmm. and so yeah so a deuce ex machina is the perfect way to put it and uh you know ex machina a great movie with oscar isaac and (laughs) oh my god i'm so sorry you should that you should check out it's oscar isaac and uh general hux yeah i just said dom hall gleason oh 
Yeah. I like him. Yeah. He, they were great in that movie. Anyway, um, that movie would have basically centered on the idea that Kylo Ren was irredeemable and his and Rey conflicting. And I think Palpatine would have figured into it as like more of a force ghost type thing. Kind of like a not, whisper in your ear. Yeah. Little. Not as like the main villain of the series. And to me, I think that whole idea would have made a little bit more sense. And it also, critically, it would have ended with Rey also rejecting the Jedi. Which I think is something that would have felt more, again, more tonally in line with where the series was going. Because, okay, even though chronologically it's one, two, three, four, five, six, obviously, leading up to this new trilogy, like in our actual time, it was Lucas made four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. And then he realized, like, hey, this whole, like, Jedi, like, story, like, let's dig into this more. And the thing that he kind of dug into in the prequels that was an interesting idea, if not perfectly executed, um, (laughs) as we discussed on all of our prequel podcasts, was that the Jedi were flawed, too. The Jedi's stringent and, like, religious and strict adherence to the no attachment, any attachment is bad, whatever. Ray, it kind of showed the flaws in that, in the prequels, and that it drove Anakin away and ultimately led to their downfall because they tried to control things differently and they were ultimately not as non-uncorruptible and not as perfect as they claimed to be. And it basically led to their downfall. And in the, the leaked script... Ray would have rejected the Jedi as well, which while it wouldn't have felt like as much of a fan service moment as what we ultimately got was, it would have felt more natural because like, hey, why would, like, she she would have talked about, I believe, that like, you know, I'm going to feel everything. I'm going to, I'm not going to not acknowledge my anger when I'm angry. I'm not going to not acknowledge my love when I feel love for someone. Yeah, I'm a human being. She's a human being and that she was going to go and do something different and end the Jedi and the Sith and start the, her own and thing. start her own thing which would have well, would have been really cool like a more natural conclusion to the order of the films that we got that showed most recently how flawed the jedi actually were whereas this movie kind of took the safer choice of still lionizing them and having the jedi ultimately oh all their wisdom came back and fueled her to win it felt really cool in the moment but it also felt like it kind of missed the mark of what the message of the original movies and the movies that preceded it was which is really like there's if i had to sum up this movie in one thing it's that jj abrams i think missed the mark on a lot of stuff and decided that like he knew better than like all the texts that had come before so no matter how much he undercut it and no matter how much he conflicted with it he was going to make his own movie yeah, I and I see that because with in the last Jedi when they had like a fight, it was really emotional because it was like, hey, people died here and that's just that's just not the way it is, you know, like war is bad. You know, when like Rose's sister died, it was really emotional. But then you go to this movie and you just see there's like no consequences at all. It's like, oh yeah, that guy died. It's fine. We didn't really know him. It's fine. Blah 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 blah. Uh, we all won. You lots know what of I mean? lots of nameless are very not well-known people died. Yeah, but I, I, the, the thing I liked about The Last Jedi is that even if you didn't know who they were, it's like he made it a point to show them these people are sacrificing themselves to this cause and it, it hurts other people too, you know, the people that they love. It showed the horrors of war. Exactly, but then when you go to the last the last battle scene of The uh, Rise of Skywalker, it's like, boom. It's just... It's, uh, it's disaster yeah, porn, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, there's no it's emotion. Or, yeah, 
Yeah, no. like there's emotion to it. Like when Poe screams when some of his people dies and when he seems like he's about to give up and he's apologizing. Now, I'm not going to say, like, this is a very well shot movie. It's a very beautiful movie in a lot of ways. I really enjoyed watching it and, like, looking at it. I think that it's a great movie. But, like, a lot of the stuff just felt, um, it, a lot of it was empty calories. It is. Yeah. Um, it was junk food. Yes. <laughs> Which is fine sometimes. Sometimes. But, like, when you have a movie like The Last Jedi and then you just go into this, it's like having, like, a nicely, like, healthy course and then just going into just, like, a big-ass cake and just fucking ruining everything that you just put up. It was also... Um, Did that analogy even make sense? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm going to say is... It was sort of like the final season of Game of Thrones to me, where yes. a lot of the final choices, ultimately, of Game of Thrones, I feel like I could have gotten behind if there was more time, time to set them up yeah. and they were more laid out, whereas, like, it just felt like those guys, fittingly, to go and make a Star Wars movie that they ultimately are not going to get to make anymore, exactly. rushed their conclusion and tried to just be like, hey, we're just going to cram all this in, fan service, fan service, cool moment, set piece, whatever, okay, here's how it ends. Uh, and then and, Disney's like, no, we don't want that. All right, let's uh, let's release. All right, them. but yeah. Anyway, J.J. Abrams, come make Rise of Skywalker. And um, yeah. I now think. I'm almost curious to see what their uh, what their movie would have been. Probably terrible. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, um, let's get into before we start. We kind of wrap this up. Let's get into Finn because sure. Finn had this weird moment twice, twice already. Um, that he kept saying, telling Ray, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I need to tell you something. I never told you something. And then right when he's about to die as well, too, with um, he thought he was going to die with Poe. He's like, hey, what did you have to tell Ray? And he's like, well, why are you asking me this now? And like, nothing. And so it turns out, it turns out someone asked J.J. Abrams, like, what was he going to tell her? Like, did he love her or anything? And he's like, no, he was going to tell her. He was force sensitive. Yes. And so I was, when I saw that explanation, I, like many of you, screamed. the table. And screamed was and like, punched. But then watching this movie again, knowing that, they actually kind of, did, like, I'm honestly, I don't understand why they didn't just say he was force sensitive. I don't know that either. Because they do set it up. They do. Like, in this movie, he talks about I knowing the force is real. He says. The force brought me to you. Yeah. When he's on the planet with the crash Death Star, he's talking to, uh, what, I'm blanking on Jana. her name. Yeah, Janna. Uh, Lando's maybe daughter slash love interest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get into. But uh, he talks about knowing the Force is real. He says, he yells at Poe that, uh, like, Poe's like, what is she doing? And uh, Finn's like, I understand what she's fighting for. Leia understands what she's fighting for. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, we're okay. hinting at, like, But force. don't give this movie credit. Then he said that he knew where the source of the signal was. And he has a feeling, uh, like, because he had a feeling. And the new source of the signal when they're fighting on Exegol, he was able to figure out exactly where the new signal was coming from because he was able to force sense it out. And then he also felt Ray die in the movie. They show him when she actually yeah. when she dies before Kylo brings her back to life. But then why not just fucking tell us that? Why does it have to be like a little Easter egg hunt? I don't. Know. Ooh, I don't well, it's like that. Why? Why, why leave that Lando line in where he said where when she says I don't know who my family is and he and says let's like, find uh, out. Uh, let's find out. I don't and, know if he's hitting on her or he's trying to get his daughter back. I don't know. Yeah, and I it's think like why would you leave that the out? The expanded visual dictionary hints that she is his daughter because they talk about when she was taken and apparently lines up with the reason that brought Lando back to the war which was that one of his children was taken 
and they're kind of around the same timeline. So I think we're probably going to get a Disney Plus series no, and I called, uh, you know, shouts to friend of the podcast, Joey Ramirez, The Landalorian. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but I just think it's lazy. It's lazy to have, hey, whoa, look, that might be something, but we're not going to get into it. Because one, we don't have time, and two, I have to shove two movies into one. It also felt a little bit problematic to me to have the only main character who the uh, the only african-american main character chase after a white girl for the entire series and reject the girl that literally almost died to save him in the last movie essentially yeah um rose 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 yes who didn't get any screen time yeah who was just basically cut from this movie as another fu to the last jedi yeah um and uh, like to basically have him chase after Ray the entire movie only to have her go with the guy who was basically like an abusive boyfriend slash brother slash something I don't know yeah they were like di- oh the whole dyad thing they for sure had chemistry like I'm not going to say that like throughout watching all of these movies back to back to back again they 100% have chemistry I'm not arguing that they didn't uh like I think I, I get why the Raylo people are like really into that ship like but i just feel like the messaging of it is again it's like another star wars relationship that is brought up as like oh star-crossed lovers whatever where like really it kind of comes off as abusive he's constantly trying to kill her throughout this movie until he finally saves her um and then gets to be the hero and bring her back to life after all that like again i just felt like he was kind after the last movie he was kind of beyond redeeming even if this movie and adam driver to his credit really did what they could and i, I thought and he's that a good actor he is a good actor even i I liked all the little han solo flourishes even after he went back to the light side how he was kind of cocky you know he does this little like shrug shrug at the at the you know the knights of ren right before he's about to kill them he kind of is doing his loud exhales and like almost joking around while he's fighting and murdering them yeah i would have liked to see that more um but anyways but at the same time it just felt weird to have him chase like they basically the way the movies play it off is that finn basically chased her for the entire time and like you know she was like just nothing cool. she was just like i'm just gonna go live on the, uh, yeah. the desert with yeah, this old I lady think, and bb8 yeah a lot of disservice to a lot of character building that just didn't go anywhere anyway so to wrap this up do you have any more thoughts or just little things before because we are at 47 minutes right now <laughs> anyway well we're at more than that because we had the intro um the the only thing that I really have left is um, the, like, they don't really ever fully explain what the deal with Snoke was. Like, they show more Snokes in a tank. Well, but where the whole were thing, those going? But the, yeah, I don't know what they were going to do with those. Also, the whole thing with Snoke was that he was supposed to have been scarred from this battle with Luke Skywalker, but the S- Snokes in the tank were also scarred so i don't really get what was going on there um, i don't know you probably have to look at the visual dictionary yeah probably um and More then shit like that you have to buy to understand and then, this movie even in the first uh yeah that maybe that's disney's big hack is they're just like they're forcing you to buy the other stuff so that you can actually understand what they're putting on screen pretty much um he, palpatine says snoke trained you well and then basically says that he was snoke and has so then, other snokes in a tank so then and so said, they don't really fully explain if snoke was his own thing or if that was palpatine projecting into him or if he was just pulling the strings or like what was going on it's just like again it's another thing that like that could have felt like a cool twist if it was kind of shown in the last movie and then carried over into this one but just being forced in in the first five minutes of this movie it felt shoehorned a little bit yeah. like many things in this film um i want to say ray does have her new lightsaber at the end it's yellow which begs the question where did she get a yellow kyber crystal 
uh, from the um, what from, the sand? No, from, from Jakku. The, from the outpost on uh, like on Galaxy's Edge, where you can go and build your own lightsaber for one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't work that into the movie. You can make a little lightsaber. She she now. hits the she hits the like. Why did she turn it on? First of all, that was like just to sell more toys. Yeah. Um, and then the old lady comes out of nowhere to ask her who she is. Who she is? She's um, like, I'm Ray. Ray yeah. Skywalker. Uh. Only other thing, C-3PO has just, again, like, really fun lines. Like, the whole, like, I missed it on first viewing, but when they first fall into that sand pit, he says, is this the afterlife? Are droids allowed here? <laughs> and that kill uh, cracked me up. Uh, Anthony Daniels got to be on screen as a human and a little cameo inside the Millennium Falcon as a gunner. That was kind of cool to see Anthony him. Anthony Daniels plays... C-3PO, exactly. yes. Who um, historically hates the person that plays R2-D2. Oh, does he really? I yeah, they have a few. That. That's funny um and uh the only other thing was this movie just had some of the most painful exposition through oh, dialogue yeah, yeah, since um since episode one with this is coruscant the, the city, city planet, planet. <laughs> yeah it just okay. when they're explaining various force things and whatever like you got to work it in but it just didn't feel seamless and yeah. I, I would say overall i liked this movie more upon watching it again i think i hated it even more upon watching it again that's interesting that we both arrived at those conclusions but um i still would rank it as last for me in oh. this new trilogy hell yeah it's definitely last yeah um all right, I guess that's all we got. So this we did has it. been, we did we it. Did we it. made it through. We did it. It took a long We're time. We're still together. <laughs> it took a long time and it Lots made me almost want to run away to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> but we did it. We did it. We're I have never a... doing this again. <laughs> I have a more understanding of the Star Wars universe and an understanding of you as a person and all of our Star Wars regalia in our house now. Yeah. And every anytime I see a lightsaber, I think I will throw up. I, I don't want to <laughs> beg. Well, then I'm glad I just got us reservations to make some. I, I don't want to <laughs> beg, um, but I just will say, if any of you listen to this, if any of you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star iTunes review. Maybe that give us really, some money. That really helps us out. Um, we did this for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that you enjoyed this. I enjoyed doing it, even if it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, it was kind of fun to just get to nerd out with, about Star Wars with the love of my life. Aww. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did. And we're not doing it again. Yeah, we're never <laughs> going through a whole series like this again. As far as what our next movie will be, we it's have gonna not. It's going to be Lord of the Rings. No, going... <laughs> no, we have not decided that yet. The podcast, if you were listening to this in real time, is probably going to take a little bit of a hiatus as we figure out our new schedules with our new jobs and such like that. We're coming so back though, right? We will be back, um, but it's probably going to be. For our regular scheduled, uh, regular programming scheduling. Yeah, it's just going to be a few weeks, but I hope that you all enjoyed our delayed trip through the Skywalker saga, plus the anthology films, plus the fucking holiday special <laughs> that we watch for you guys. So if, if, if any of that was enjoyable to you, just please five-star review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Again, we are Rewind and Reconsider. You could search it. You can find it in my Twitter bio. I'm at HM Fagan. You can find our Twitter account there. You can find us on Instagram at Rewind and Reconsider, I believe, right? Yes. Um, and you can find us on Spotify, iTunes. 
please check out the podcast. Give us those reviews if you can. Please, if we you leave, if you leave a movie suggestion, we may just go to that one next. We um, will. We, we are will. we are open to movie suggestions. <laughs> anything. Please. Yeah, you guys deserve it if you made it through all of this with us. And again, make uh, us watch anything. <laughs> thank you, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you. And with you. And also with you.